Hi. Good morning. Hi. Is this Josie? Yes. Hey, it's Brianna. How are you? Good. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm in California right now. I was in New York last week. Okay. So are you from California? Yes. I grew Well, technically I was born in Ohio, but when I was two, my family moved to California, and I grew up um, in California and moved to New York for work um, about uh, 12 years ago. Oh, okay, but you but you work. I think it's super cool that you're, you know, in the horse industry. I, obviously, like I know you through Kevin and the horses and kind of stuff like that. Don't know you well, but you know, yeah, okay, we're friends on Facebook. Um, but you do most of your work in New York. So do you just travel kind of a, a lot? I'm assuming. Yes, I travel a lot. My um, I work for Williams Sonoma Inc. and our um. Companies main oh thank you thank you um our company's main offices are in San Francisco and New York so oh. it works well um for a variety of reasons as long as you like to travel um to have right. a bicoastal life um and for me the portion of the business I lead has a remote team so we have team members in about eighteen different states um and oh, so wow. I'm on the road probably for work. About four out of five weeks, I'd say, um, depending on uh, what's going on. So I, uh, I'm on the go quite a bit. Um, I did. I took 20. I grew up show jumping horses um, in yeah. California, and then I took 20 years off um, to go be an adult and work um, and and <laughs> learn to pay for my own horses. Um, yeah. And then I got back into it. Um, not the summer, we just finished summer before last in, uh, 2022, um, when I bought Billy from Kevin, um, yeah. and then, you know, I already had kind of split my time, uh, between New York and California, but the obvious place for me to have the horses were in California, uh, oh. and so, um, I now kind of try to spend every weekend with them. So no matter where I am, whether I'm working in, if I'm working in California that week, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. If I'm working in New York, um, a little bit harder, um, but but well worth it. You know, if I can be, I always tell people, if I can be riding by Friday afternoon, ride all weekend, fit a Monday morning ride in before I fly out, I'm I'm in pretty good shape. So um, that's that's how I kind of manage that piece of it all. How long is a flight from California to New York? So the direct, like the nonstop, most direct version um, from SFO to New York is um, uh, east or west to east. It's five hours, forty minutes. East to west, because you have the headwinds, um, it's six hours and forty minutes. But my new it's not that bad. It's not that bad. My new favorite yeah. thing, though, is I take because um, I'm in a smaller town where I live out in California is south of San Francisco, so I take a um, a little plane into Denver, lay over into Denver, and then to go Denver into New York. So door-to-door, no matter what way you go, it's about um, nine or ten hours. Yeah. So it just, it's a, is the Golden Gate Bridge everything it, if people hype it up to be? It is, it is stunning. It is magnificent. Um, and I think when you think about engineering and what it takes to build a bridge and at that yeah. time, yeah. Um, it's, I, I, it's not... I don't think it's the first suspension bridge, but it's one of the original of the that era, um, and it it is meticulously maintained and it is quite beautiful. 
Um, it's always been on my bucket list to see that, but <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, it's pretty cool in the way it's, you know, it's not protected at all. It's right out on the rugged uh, Pacific coastline. So oh, wow. it, it does it does take your breath away. Um, the Brooklyn Bridge is very much the same way um, in New York. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm lucky to have both of my offices have um, stunning bridges that you commute across. See, that's super cool because when you see something every day and you don't think nothing about it till you talk to somebody who's like, oh, my God, you know, do you see that? Do you do that? And they're, like, fascinated with it. You're like, oh, it's just that. It's not, you know, you see it every day. You don't even think about it. And, no, you know. I think even – I think those those type of things, I think you um, – I appreciate them every day, every day that yeah. I see them. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. They're it's pretty cool big. Their scale yeah. is pretty strong, you know, I think when you yeah. – um, I really respond, I think, to scale of things, whether it's a big mountain range, you know, or a big architectural land, you know, monument where you're like, I'm tiny compared to this. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Probably like flying over where you fly over to see some of the things that you see, it probably puts it in a massive perspective, like, you know, to fly over the Grand Canyon or to fly over the things that you fly over, it'd be cool. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny, during the pandemic, um, I was in New York City when everything shut down in, in um, March of 2020, and I spent 29 days without leaving my apartment, um, and I didn't know how to cook, and I still would say I'm not a good cook, um, but I had to learn how to cook. <laughs> hey, the that's okay, I don't, I don't cook much either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, the only reason I didn't store things in my oven was because I was scared of fires, but I, I truly don't have a domestic bone in my body. Um, and I'm spoiled by every restaurant, you know, in the world being in New York City. But so I had to learn to cook, spent the first three months there. And then I was like, you know what, I need to get out and do something because I'm used to traveling all the time. Yeah. So I, I ended up buying a car um, and with my cat at the time drove cross country. Um, I ended up doing it five times during um, the pandemic. But um, I drove to California, and I'd spend a month or two in California, and then I would drive back to New York and spend a few months in New York, and then I would drive back because that's when we weren't really flying, and we certainly well, weren't Well, wait, how long of a drive is that? Well, because I, I did it with my cat, uh, I wanted to be pretty quick, so I did it in um, three nights, four days. Um, wow. <laughs> and I did, it, I did it five times. Uh, uh-huh. But I did the first time I flew cross-country, I was like, you know what? I really appreciate the efficiency of air travel. Um, <laughs> it really is shockingly efficient because, to your point about how big things are, the country is very large. Um, you know, and it's funny now that I'm driving a lot with the horses to shows. Um, you know, I spend a lot of it's a lot of the same interstates. You know, I-80 or I-40, and. Um, I think my, my horse show people are shocked at my knowledge of, you know, the roads. They're like, oh, how do you know this little roadside town? And I was like, well, during the drive, <laughs> time in Winnemucca. Uh, I've been across so, this country a couple of times. Yeah, I've driven across <laughs> it a few times. It's different with the horses, um, but, you know, same principle. Same principle applies. Yeah, it's not – people make it a big deal to go from car to hauling a horse trailer. It's really not that big of a deal. It's kind of an easy move, you know, once you can figure out. Like what you just said, the perspective of things and how big things are, it's actually really easy to haul a horse trailer, you know. 
I have been learning this year, and I'm more comfortable on the interstates than I am on the tiny little roads leading into the bar. Yeah. <laughs> tiny yeah. little roads I don't love. Um, but on the straight, wide, big, empty roads, I feel good. <laughs> my, I, all I remember when my dad taught me when I was younger, because I, I can haul just about anything now, but this was when I was little. All, all he used to say all the time was, swing wide, swing wide, swing wide. So you'd be like, that's all I, that's all I remember on those little roads is, you know, you got to go outward and swing wide. and then Yeah, absolutely. It, I also think it might have been something easier to learn when you're younger. Uh, yes, yes. Kind of like riding a bike. Yes. But now, so you grew up so jumping, and then you took a 20-year break. What made you just all of a sudden say, I'm going to go back to horses? A group of my friends were getting back into it. And oh. um, I, for all intents and purposes, my lifestyle wasn't, I mean, I lived in New York City. I worked a lot, traveled a ton. Um and one of our good friends when we show jumped early, early on, when we were all still riding English, kind of said, I'm done with the jumping world. I'm getting into cutting horses. And we've all, and she stayed, and she's, she's extraordinary. Like, she just won the buckle at the Salinas Rodeo. Like, she's, she's big time. Um, and she, she That's never cool. missed a beat. And we all watched her journey. And we're like, you know what, Caitlin's having more fun than the rest of us. Like, it was always clear, you know, Caitlin's having more fun than the rest of us. Um, and so a group of us always said, when we get back into it, and it was always kind of when we get back into it, when we get back into it, um, we would go get into Western horses and get into the quarter horse thing. And um, I, you know, one of my really, really best friends, text me one night and I was at a work dinner in New York and she's like I'm doing it I'm buying this horse um and so I was so excited for her and there was so much joy and I'd been having a stressed time at work and I was just working yeah. way too hard and I was a little cranky and I was kind of like I need some sort of outlet for all of the work um, yeah some type of relief I just, instead of saying like I just woke up one morning and I just said instead of when I can get a horse, when I can get a horse, I just said, why can't I get a horse? I can make this work. Um, so I, I went to my sister and one of my best friends who are like my most pragmatic, responsible friends, and I'm like, thinking about getting a trail horse um, to keep in Carmel for the summers and the winters when I'm there, and then I would always be there about one week in a month and, you know, put it in a training program. And I was like, what do you think? And I thought for sure they're going to be like, you're crazy. You don't need another responsibility. What are you thinking? And they're like, we love this for you. And I was like, what? And then yeah. I kept going to all these people. And I'm like, what do you think about me doing this? And they're like, we love this for you. And I'm like, Sir, no one's telling me not to do this. <laughs> it seems like such a wild idea. But not a single person, even my, like, most logical, grounded people, not a single person um, said it's not a good idea. Um, I don't think any of us, well, actually, I think they all did. I don't think I knew, because the day Billy got delivered, I was actually on a, at an airport in New York heading off to Greece for a few days, and I was going to be back a week later and meet him out here. Um, but Kev delivered Billy, and my friends, and uh, my sister met him, and my mom was there, and I just remember getting a text from my sister, and I was at the airport, um, and she just said, you have a problem. And I was like, what? What's wrong? I thought of everything. Everything was organized for his arrival. And she's like, you're not going to want to leave this horse. <laughs> um, 
And so I was like, oh, I know. Isn't he lovable? Isn't he great? Isn't he perfect? She's like, no, no, you're not going to leave him. She's like, I'm about to pull up my sleeping bag and sleep in a stall with him. She's like, you're not going to want to leave this animal. And sure enough, you know, I really, any, any day I am not obligated to be somewhere else, I've been with, with, uh, with the horses. So, um, that's, well, you have, then, you have more than one, right? I have more than one, yeah. I bought Billy, my big buckskin, um, from Kevin and the Diamond K group um, at the premiere sale in uh, Reno in June of 2022. And then a series of strange events. Um, I wasn't really looking for another horse, but I obviously follow and support Kev um, a lot. And he had this horse, um, Gucci, and his picture just stuck out to me. And there's just a, a series of events in the universe. Um, and I went and met him, and um, he he's just so special. Um, it was just hard to say no to him. So, yeah. Um, and you know what? Riding is more fun. <laughs> to share with family and friends. So one yeah. of my best friends um, in town rides, and um, and we were laughing about it the other day because uh, I bought Gucci actually a year ago yesterday from Kevin. And, um, I was laughing with my friend, and I was like, we used to just go out to the barn and, I guess, share Billy. Like, we would take turns riding, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and things like that. Um, but I, like, you know, so I have, you know, Gucci that I show um, – quite a bit and he's just such a good um good boy and such a good teacher but you know my friends ride him all the time a couple days a week and my niece is starting to ride she's 12 and so she takes a lesson on him once a week um so and I always joke that while I show Gucci all the time I rarely get to ride him at home because he's so busy his uh his social calendar is, is quite large so he's, he's <laughs> so popular um but it's well, more fun to be able to you know, I'll go out to the ranch today, and I'll ride Billy, and my niece has a lesson at 11, and, you know, Christmas Day, I went and rode with my friend. Um, you know, it's, it's more fun to, to have be able to share it with, with friends and family, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're a good therapy. Like, like, yeah, I mean, horses are, besides the whole showing factor and professional factor outside of it, horses are an amazing therapy, just like you was talking about, you know, if it's all work and no play, what's the point sometimes, you know? You can get exactly right. Exactly right. Out. And they're, they're feelers. Um, I actually, I have a, I did have a, I have a cell phone pocket in my chap. <laughs> um, so I do, do always have my phone on me, but especially Billy, he, if I'm working too much and not paying enough attention to him, he will let me know that. Oh. <laughs> He's like, put that phone down. I need attention. It's hard, though. I get it, though, because, like, when you were talking about going around asking everybody, is this a good decision? Is this a good good decision? Uh, a part of you, well, a part of me, probably a small little part of me would have been like, somebody please tell me no. Like, I don't, should, don't do this. Don't do this. But then the other part of you is like, yes, do it. Like, you know, because what's the point of working all the time, grind to the wall without enjoying it at some point? But it's hard to pull away from that. I get it. Yeah, it it is. It is hard because I think it, the things that make you successful when you're young is just hustling and keeping your eye on the ball all the time. Yeah. Um, and you then can get burnt out. You can get burnt out. And I think I was probably um, at a critical intersection of getting burnt out. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the horses and the balance have just made me, I think, sharper and um, more compassionate of a leader and 
um, you know, more playful and more fun. And, you know, you need to, to rest your mind. And I probably get my best business ideas on a trail ride um, or, yeah. you know, grooming them. I love grooming mm-hmm. them and taking care of them as much as I love riding them, I think. Yeah. I've seen pictures. They look good. They look. They both <laughs> look good, you. from what I can tell. Thank you. I um, they're 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 just the most fun. They're so rewarding. You know, they give such feedback, um, to you. You know, that's um, funny how you said he makes you pay attention to him. Like, hello, lady. No, he does. On. Stick yeah, with that me. one. That one. <laughs> um, he's like, excuse me, it's me time now. It's well, I Saturday. firmly believe in the whole universe leading you to certain things. Like, some people think it's crazy, but not unless you've been in that type of situation where you're like, okay, this is not coincidence. This is meant to be. Like, something's up here. You yeah. know? Absolutely. And I think um, so much so that my whole journey with the horses, um, there was no real reason. I mean, especially Billy, the timing. You know, I found him online. Um, the the week before he was going to be sold at the premiere sale and I called Kevin and you know, he's like, I, and he's just the best, you, you know him. And you know, I, yeah. I highly recommend you ride him. I, you know, you really should ride a horse of this caliber before buying them. Uh, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, well, I don't know when I can make it to Ohio. I'm in New York. I got to California for meetings and I got to get back to New York and I got to go to Greece. You know, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. He said, well, we leave tomorrow to drive out to Reno. So in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be even harder. And um, he's like, but we're laying up on Sunday in Grand Junction, Colorado. And so I just kind of started looking at my schedule. And so I had a great call with him, but I'm like, I don't think I can make this work. But I couldn't stop going back and looking at the pictures of him and watching the video. I just couldn't let it go. Um, And I was in California. Um, I was actually the chair of my high school's 20th. Uh, reunion and I was going to be in California for meeting Friday I was doing this reunion thing Saturday I was flying back to New York on Sunday night and I was like well Grand Junction Colorado is kind of on the way back to New York Um, (laughs) so I bugged out of the reunion early flew to Grand Junction Colorado late Saturday night rode Billy's first thing Sunday morning at a closed fairgrounds with Kevin and them um, and then flew back to New York on Sunday night. Um, it was kind of wild. And I, at the time, I was like, I'm driving to a deserted fairground by myself in Grand Junction, Colorado, to meet a man I've never met before. <laughs> and I know no one who knows him. <laughs> um, but it Well, it was so wait, amazing. it wasn't Kevin that you were meeting? You it was Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, it was Kevin. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's how I met Kevin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I got very lucky that it was Kevin. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they're good people. <laughs> yeah, they're the best. Um, they're but the I best. Know, I can't blame you. I'd feel the same way, too. I'd be, like, calling everybody, letting them know, this is where I'm at at this time, at this place. Yeah. Picture of me. Here's I'm my still alive. location. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I their website was great. They're previous yeah. horses looked amazing and again I just kept watching this video of Billy and I couldn't couldn't take my eyes off of him so and then the rest is history and the rest is history and now somehow I'm showing and I have a truck and trailer and the whole <laughs> yeah I didn't I, I bought a trail horse and now somehow um, <laughs> that escalated quickly 
Yeah, you can't just have one. They're like potato chips. You got to have multiples. <laughs> yes, yeah, and you got to keep them busy. Um, you know, so got to learn. And I love learning new things. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what well, I've loved so much. You, what are you? What um, discipline are you showing into? Are you going into the? You're going into cutting horses. Or are you going into just kind of all around shows or? Yeah, so we're doing um, the the predominant shows that we do are the Western Versatility, the VRH. Um, uh -huh. So in that, um, we do um, cutting, ranch riding, ranch trail, reining, um, cow work, and confirmation. So we do kind of a, oh, cool. a menagerie of all of them, um, which is great because you're getting to learn everything. Next weekend, we're doing um, our first. NRCHA show, our first rain cow horse um, show. So oh, we're cool. going to do that. So that'll be fun. And then we also do um, a good amount of the AQHA shows. Um, and so we do the ranch riding, the raining, the ranch trail, the boxing um, on, on all of those as well. So we're doing a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, we I think you master one, well, not master, but you have a great run and one, and you're like, oh, yay, that, that event that's been harder. And you get to the ones you're a little more confident in, and then you're like, oh, no, that was humbling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so horses have that power. They sure do. Uh -huh. And I think that, you know, that's the best part about horse showing. You, like, get to practice everything in a different environment that you're working on at home. Um, and learn new things and new patterns, and you meet fun people at shows that you get to see. And um, so I feel like, you know, we talk about the show season, um, and our, we last showed the first week in November. So we've had, you know, I guess we've had about eight weeks off, but we start showing again next weekend, which will be fun. So we're all excited. Oh, wow, that's quick. Yeah. So I feel like horse show season has just expanded to year-round over the years. I think you know, it from, has. It, it could, yeah, because, you know, when you were younger, you you probably know what I'm talking about. Horse season was technically, like, maybe April, May until October, September, October. And then you had, like, the winter off. But now I feel like it's year-round. Everybody's having shows in January, December. Uh, yeah, we did not show in December, and we just did one the first week in November. So we had a teeny break, but it definitely, I think, and last year our first show was the first week in February. But So we're oh, starting wow. early. Um, yeah, for sure this year. Um, and I think we've got, I think we have two shows in January. Um, and then I think we'll head down to Arizona for Sun Circuit the first week of March. So we'll have a little maybe February break. But um, i got to deal with these winter coats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're a little fuzzy right now. So hopefully we start shedding soon. <laughs> God, I hated doing that, man. You, uh, it was not a curry cone, but it was this metal like yep. thing that bent around. And yep, I think the shedding blade. Home. Yeah, God, it'd be hair everywhere in your mouth, all over. I mean, just everywhere, hair everywhere. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Gucci lived under lights his whole life, so we think this may be one of the first winter coats he's grown since he was a baby, and he is fluffy. Oh wow, <laughs> he is furry. So we'll um, we'll figure that out, but. We're hopefully, hopefully they start shedding soon. Um, so we're like, yeah. guys, the equinox has happened. Like, come on, it's time to start shedding. We're ready for it. 
<laughs> yeah, because you can do. So you're right. Well, you just made me th- remember something. Lights can help. Um, it helps. Yes. Uh, oh, they used to do it when I was younger, but I didn't really know why they were doing it. Um, yeah, they keep them under lights until I think yes. like 11 p.m. Because what I thought is that the horses were reacting to the temperature, but it's actually the daylight. So they um, doesn't matter what the temperature is. Um, so why a horse, you know, in Montana is going to grow the same winter coat as a horse in California for the most part um, because it's the daylight. Oh, you didn't talk Montana, me Montana, I actually think they do get a little furrier. But, um, you know, like a, a horse in, you know, New York is going to grow the same horse coat as a California horse because um, it's the daylight that they're reacting to. So if you keep them under lights, um, it makes them think that the sun is still out. So then it would keep them from keep growing. Keep them from growing the coat, yeah. Got you. And then keep them blanketed yep. and blinkied. That helps as far as exactly keeping it sleek. I thought it was what you said, the temperature. Oh, my God. Yeah, I always did, now. too. Um, I always did, too. But we also, in the English world, body clipped the horses. So we didn't play around with lights. We just body oh. clipped them. So... <laughs> Um, but I'm told very to clearly that is not a thing in the Western world, so I will not be body clipped. I've been told I cannot body clip them, but um, so I have two very fuzzy quarter horses. <laughs> oh, I bet the urge to want to just clip them and start it fresh is just driving you probably crazy because I would want to do that if I come from the hunt seat world. I'd be like, can we not just clip it? <laughs> Yeah, like this is a thing we don't do. We also don't pull those manes, so we just let those grow. So, um, you know, we're uh, there's funny. There's so many things that are similar, and there's so many things that are different. That I'm like, oh, this is completely different um, than you know the English world. That's uh, so weird too, because like you know, rainers they have the long, long, long mane, and most of, some of the cutters have a long, long, long mane. But in like Western pleasure and stuff, we pulled manes. We we would pull their mane and thin it out so that we could do. You know, so we yeah, and it, this little strip of... yeah, and I don't know why they do that. I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not sure what the origin. I mean, there's that's one of the things I love about, um, you know, all of the Western events kind of mimic something that the horse is supposed to have, you know, done innately, whether, you know, the spins, the stops, you know, the, the cow work, I think, is, you know, more over, yeah. um, you know. Um, what they're doing, but the, all of the maneuvers, you know, ranch trail, all of it. Um, but I don't, so most things are pretty intentional. And, yeah. you know, tying back to history and heritage, like I was taking my um, friend's daughters for a ride the other day, and um, my friend's horse was in split reins, and I typically ride with a Romel rein. Um, and she asked, the little girl asked, well, what, why? Why originally, like, are there split reins and Rommel reins? And I, my friend and I are like, well, reiners typically ride with the split reins and, you know, working cow horse typically with the Rommel. And I was kind of like, I don't know. So I asked my trainer. She's like, oh, well, you know, the history and heritage is, you know, you can't rope with split reins. So the working cow horse people, um, you know, and the fully bridled horses in California started riding with the Rommel. And I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> because you, you know, can't work them in split reins. Because you can't rope. Uh, oh, okay. That does make perfect sense now. Yeah. So that's like the original origin, I guess, is because you couldn't rope. And I was like, oh. I mean, you could, but it'd be one more thing to worry about. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Right. I get it. 
Well, like I'm Googling now, the whole why are you even, why why do you band horses' manes for pleasure? I'm not really getting anything except um, it because I would think the to lay down. Horses, they're so beautiful and big into beauty. I would think they'd want that flowing, beautiful mane. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Why is it okay to have the long, pretty, you know, I gut? wonder if it shows off their neck, like hunters, you know, like in, in yeah. the equitation world and the, the hunter world, they braid them also, so I don't know. I'm looking this up now, but I'm not really finding any, like, direct answer as to why you exactly do it. But the same thing with, like, what you said, yeah, hunt seat world, you, um, it's not called banding in hunt seat, but braiding. Yeah, they right. braid them. Yeah, they pull yeah. manes and braid them. Um, but you are right. I remember doing that when we were growing up. We used to have to pull thin, thin her mane out so that mm -hmm. um, it could lay down whenever we we had to do it. But no, you would you would get you get smacked around if you did that for raining or cutting or even roping. No, rope yeah, let those beautiful locks flow. <laughs> I'm going to be like Googling this later trying to figure out where did this come from because you're right. Um, and even almost anything, the um, almost anything has, and that's one of the things I love most about the, the equestrian world is there's a lot of history and heritage. My yeah. favorite people to like pick their brains, if you can, I feel like the HUHA judges, they do such a good job um, and they're so, so well educated. So my favorite is, um, chatting with like a judge and just asking a bunch of questions yeah. uh, you know because we have a couple of my trainers a judge and a couple of people we ride with um, are also AQHA judges so they do all the like judging training and seminars so they know a lot of the history and what they're looking for so they can kind of tell you um, you know a lot about that and like you know I've learned a lot in the because confirmation is something I don't understand. I mean, I understand confirmation, but how they judge confirmation, you know, and the different types of, like, the working confirmation versus just the confirmation and the different things that they're looking for. And right. um, so they give you a lot of history and heritage that's kind of cool. Like, for a while, I don't know how long ago back, but um, the AQHA also had guidance around how much color, um, and that's changed. And I think a lot of the Rainers um, breed for some of the color, right, because it adds to, yeah. the, to the flash. But that's newer, you know, I think 30 years ago, I don't think they were supposed to have color above their knee, um, you know, and different types of things. So, like, the, it's changed quite a bit, but, you know, yeah. and there was reasons for it. I don't know all the reasons, but um, it's pretty cool when you get kind of chatting with an old-timer to, to hear about what, you know, what and why. Oh, yeah. A lot oh, of yeah. things that That's just like. Um, with pleasure, I don't know about the other disciplines because I, I mean, obviously, I really only did I only did pleasure. But like, I know I remember at one point in time, we had peanut pushers. <clears throat> the heads would be so low, and that's exactly what you wanted. And right. um, this was for pleasure, and uh, a lot more. They still really do it in raining too now. Um, but it's actually a physical. The horse has to get their head down low in order to collect their shoulders to pick their shoulders up in order to control their hind end. It all works together, but the average person looks at it like, oh, my God, it's so bad, pick their head up, blah, blah, blah. But just in the Western pleasure world, that was the desired look back then, probably 20, 25 years ago. They wanted peanut pushers. That's exactly what it looked like. Their head yeah, I think they, they still like them low and slow. 
Yeah, but now they've, over time, they've brought them up. The judges have changed. The rules have changed. They okay. go, now you have to break it up. The withers have to go parallel to the top of the pole or the top of the ears or whatever, you know. So it is cool to see how it's changed over the years, you know, the different Yeah, bats, absolutely. I guess. Yeah. And, I, again, I'm super new to it, so I just ask questions, and I'm kind of soaking it all in and learning as we go. And um, it is fun because sometimes we're at just ranch horse shows and sometimes we're at AQHA shows with everything. And it yes. is fun seeing all the different disciplines. Um, and it's always exciting when you got the ranch horses, the pleasure horses, the rainers, and the ropers all in one warm-up ring. That's always pretty exciting. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> I bet that was exciting. <laughs> that was my second show, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not sure everyone here can steer equally. <laughs> um, but it's funny because you know, it's the same breed of horse and just how versatile they can be. Um you know, and the breeding and the bloodlines, it's all, I, I just think it's so fun to follow. Um, it is. It is fun to learn about all of it because, like what you said, the American Quarter Horse has been, I mean, that's like the oldest, longest, most known breed to horses. Yeah, and they've kept it like such a, like a clean, pure breed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's like the seven original, four or seven original stallions, you know, they and they do a great job educating on the heritage. Um, so, um, I, I think it's quite fun. Yeah. Have you ever looked up the founding, that's the wrong word. It's not founding. Um, yeah, the foundation registry, it's foundation quarter horses. And then you have regular AQHA quarter horses, but there's a foundation registry where bloodlines that go all the way back to some of the founding stallions. I'll have to yeah. Google it at some point in time, but yeah. it's there. It's interesting yeah. to see how far back it goes. Yeah, AQHA did a journal article on it. I think last year it was one of my first. I had just joined AQHA and I got my first little magazine. And I kind of read it page cover to cover on a plane. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I think my doormen in New York were like, "What is all this horse stuff that's arriving?" <laughs> I bet. So I bet you that just made me think about something. Do you talk about all this horse stuff with people in New York that are just like, ah, they don't even think about horses or none of that kind oh, of stuff? Oh, all the are they time. Fascinated with it or all the time, all the time. Yeah, um, and you know, I oftentimes because you can't pack boots and spurs; they're too large. So I oftentimes end up flying in my boots and spurs um, because I can't put them in my carry-on bag, and I don't like to check a bag. So I normally look ridiculous rolling in and out of New York City in, in boots and literally my boots at first. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So <laughs> I get a lot of looks um, in both JFK and Newark Airport. Um, and and my buildings are, and you know, they're now used to it. Um, but, yes, uh, I, I do talk quite a bit about them. And then, um, you know, I post, uh, you know, we're, we met on social media, so I, I post a lot about them on social media, so my clients and all my work colleagues like talking about them yeah. quite a bit. Um, uh, and actually one of our creative directors at work, uh, you know, and I feel like cause the two horses, Billy and Gucci, people are either a Billy person or they're a Gucci person. Um, uh-huh. So um, one of the creative directors at work a couple of months ago asked about Gucci, um, and she kind of was, you know, making a cute little face about him, and I said, do you like him because of his name or because of his aesthetic? You know, because she's a creative director. And she said, both. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, where did his name come from, by the way? Because that is a little like. <laughs> Kevin named him. Um, so I, I, we got to look at Kevin for that. But he's perfectly named. I mean, the name does, um, it sounds ridiculous at first. But when you see him, it, he is just, he is perfectly named. It fits him. Um, his registered name is Maximum Dream, which is also uh, the perfect name for him. Yeah. Um, so he he has a, you know, the registered names, I think, are also so fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Seeing what everybody has. But, yeah, his name is Maximum Dream, um, which is perfect for him. Uh, and Billy's Digging Moonshine, which is perfect for him, too. <laughs> um, so I love their names. They got they got good names. Yeah. But yeah, they, he, they came with their names from Kevin, so. And you didn't change. You just kept them the way I didn't they were. Change them. Yeah, I keep yeah. them. Um, now, how long there. have you been with um, Williamson Sonoma? Um, just about. I joined them in the summer of 2017. So I think oh, wow. six heading on seven years. Oh wow! Uh, they're yeah. more than kitchenware, though, right? Like it's a, yeah, they're so, retail. Yeah, store. yeah, exactly. So Williams Sonoma is the. Inc. is the parent company over William Sonoma, which is the kitchen brand, both e-commerce and retail. Um, yes. Pottery Barn, Pottery Barn Kids, oh. Pottery Barn Teen, West Elm, which is the brand that's based in Brooklyn. Um, Rejuvenation, which is a really cool, um, originally a lighting and hardware company that's expanded into a full home furnishings company based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, Mark and Graham, which is a uh, gifting, personalization, um, accessories brand, um, and um, our newest brand, which is called Green Row, which is a sustainable home furnishings company um, oh, geared cool. at kind of the full life cycle and ecosystem of a sustainable way of life. Um, and it, it, we just uh, launched that brand this year. So uh, lots of exciting things going on. It's an absolutely incredible portfolio that we're lucky to work with every day. Yeah, because I didn't know. I mean, I kind of had a feeling that Williamson Sonoma was more than just like a kitchen store, but I had no idea you guys were affiliated with Pottery Barn too. They've been around yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pottery Barn was actually founded by the Gap um, originally. I didn't know that. Yeah, and Williamson Sonoma bought it um, in this early um, iteration and um, made it made it what it is today. Um, but, oh, yeah, cool Gap originally, and if I recall correctly, I think Gap founded it to kind of help with some of their store furniture because um, I think the first – there's something about this iconic denim sofa that was in, in the Gap window um, on Chestnut Street in San Francisco, um, and I think that was kind of how Pottery Barn started. Um, but yeah. we bought it when it was teeny tiny, um, just did a few sofas, and William Sonoma um, grew it. Now it's huge. Um, now it's huge. Now it's a, um, a $3 billion uh, e-commerce. Yeah, Pottery Barn's everywhere. Order. Yeah. So it, now it's a, one of America's most beloved brands. But, uh, yeah, Gap started it. William Sonoma bought it in the early days. Well, check retail that out. is all no very idea. closely connected. Yeah, retail is all very, very closely connected. So, Well, Gap uh, owns Old Navy, too, right? Correct. Yes. Um Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, Athleta, um, and I want to say one of the kids' brands, Jack and Jill. And they, the Old Navy 
has been a little bit separated. I, they were going to do a formal separation um, of Old Navy from the other brands, and I think it's it's still tied together, but but uh, quite a bit more separate than it once was. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and I forgot about Banana Republic. I I didn't even know. Um, I mean, I remember the name, but yeah, I had a feeling that they were tied into Gap somehow. But this was years ago. I haven't shop like in a mall like that in a long time but Williamson Sonoma has amazing kitchen stuff I do know that well thank you thank you yeah yeah they it was do definitely helpful when I was learning to cook <laughs> but you but you don't cook <laughs> I, 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 I I'm cooking a tiny bit now but no no one would say I cook um, <laughs> I know how to feed myself occasionally which I think is differently different than than cooking you know, I mean, you know, who uh, people get caught up into that sometimes. Some people get really caught up into that or whatever, and it's like, okay, you know what? There are people that can cook things for you, or you can make a sandwich. Like, it doesn't really matter at this point in life. I think <laughs> earlier in the days when women were expected to do those certain roles, you know, I think it was a little more controversial. But now as life moves on, like, we're in – it'll be 2024 next week. I, which I can't believe. 2023 went very fast. It sure did, actually. The last couple of years sure did. But come on now. Like, this is 2024. Like, who cares if anybody can cook at this point in time? Like, <laughs> if somebody can do it better than me, then we'll just let them do it. <laughs> it's definitely an art and entertainment. Um, you know, people who cook, one of my closest friends here, her and her husband cook, and they spend, they just, curate the ingredients and they go to the local fish market and I will say yeah. when I go to their house to dinner it's extraordinary yeah um, and I think the same thing for people who can set a beautiful table um, um like that's an art form right kind of like floral uh design and decorations yeah. so I I appreciate it when it's done well I don't have that skill set in my repertoire People really do get into it, though, as far as, like, the star ratings, like the Michelin star for the restaurants yep. and the stuff like yep. that. It is cool that you're really close to that type of um, – to, to all of that type of stuff, whereas somebody like me, like I'm in North Carolina, we, you know, we would have to travel to be able to kind of experience that type of stuff. That is super cool that you are around so close <laughs> to stuff like that up there. We're very lucky. We're very lucky. Um, yeah. But right now it's very hard. I mean, New York is so busy. Everybody's joking. It's almost impossible to get a dinner reservation anywhere. You know, at the top restaurants five years ago, you could get a restaurant reservation at, like, the 5 p.m. or 11 p.m. seating, um, but you could still get in. Yeah. Now, forget about it. It's hard. You can, you know, the top restaurants, it's impossible to get reservations these days. Um, are they that far in advance? Well, yeah, they open up either, depending on the restaurant, 30 days or two weeks. Um, and you have to be on at like midnight online to get get the get the top reservations, and we all do it. Um, and then you know you you develop friends in certain places, and um, you know the art of hospitality is still there. Um, but it is booming and very hard to get in um, to to really any restaurant right now, um, which is good. It's good to see the city you know, roar back like that. Well, yeah, but it sucks if you're hungry. <laughs> it does. <laughs> very true. Very How are you going to get in anywhere? Yeah, very true. Um, that's a good point. Um, yes. Well, that's where having so many options does help. But 
Um, you probably yeah. do DoorDash a lot. Is DoorDash even a thing up there? DoorDash is. I think there's like DoorDash people and there's Uber Eats people and then Seamless also, which I think DoorDash bought. But I'm a I'm an Uber Eats person. Um, so yes, I do a lot of Uber eating. Um, you know, my 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 favorite is when I land late at night, um, and when I'm about 15 minutes out. You know, because the airports in New York are pretty long haul out from the city. Um, yeah. I'll order Taco Bell delivery, and my very favorite is getting my Taco Bell right at the door as I walk in. Oh, um, you gotta love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Taco. Y'all have Taco Bells up there? I'm so. Fascinated. Oh yeah. Yeah. Taco Bell delivery in New York is one of my one of my favorite things. <laughs> That's pretty cool because we just recently got like when I say just recently, probably within the last year ish, got DoorDash. And the only reason I know it was because I had to work on my car for a minute. I had something I had to fix on it or whatever, and so I couldn't leave. So I was like, okay, well I'll just DoorDash some stuff. They will DoorDash will literally go to like a a, a gas station for you. They will go to yes, a pharmacy. They'll do they will go wherever. Yeah. It's very convenient. Um, TaskRabbit yeah. is another service that I love um, to, like, help run errands or, um, you know, whatever you need. Um, but we don't have that here. It'll be another 10 years before we get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, help hang pictures, you know, that's your handyman, cleaning services. It's really helpful. Oh, wow. Yeah, it helps a lot. Um, that's a great one. But, yeah, I love Taco Bell. Taco yeah, Taco food. Bell is great, man. And Sheets, I don't know if you have Sheets up there or not, but Sheets has good food. Oh, we don't. You need to try Sheets. Whenever you're on the road at some point okay. in time, Sheets has really good food. I don't care what anybody says. And they, um, well, the ones that I have visited, they have good food. And they have good, like, yeah. frozen lattes and, and milkshakes okay. and stuff like that. So I don't know if you would have a Sheets anywhere where you would go. But they're well, definitely around here. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. That's good to that's good to know. I yeah, like a good yeah. recommendation. I was recently educated on one of our most recent horse shows on one of the road trips about Jack in the Box having tiny tacos. It's like what do they? They have tiny. They have these tiny taco boxes, which are actually the best for long drives because they're yeah, they're just teeny tiny tacos in a box. <laughs> um, and they're quite good. Yeah, so I, I learned about that. that. On our last tour show um, trip, I was like, tiny tacos? Um, what? <laughs> so fun. Sign me up. That's awesome. I know. Like I, was, mini I, was, I was so excited. Um, I was like, what? Um, so it's the little joys along the journey that go a long way. Yeah, it is a little choice. It's, you know what, the horse showing, you know, some people get really caught up into actually they could be competitive and winning and doing all this kind of stuff, which is great. It's really good. That's awesome, you know, to want to have goals and do that kind of stuff. But it's also really fun because I remember when we were doing it, we all used to would have pizza parties after horse shows. And oh, we would totally. all, like, have pool parties. And it was also fun, you know. Um, so it's good that that's still alive in the horse yeah, show world. Yeah, we are – our, our barn, we have a really great group, um, and about half of us are hotel people, and half of them are the, like, living quarters yeah. folks, so we all stock the living quarters bar, and we're big cheese and crackers. You can really do a lot on a cheese and cracker, um, uh, and so, you know, we all hang out, you know, and that's, that's my favorite part about horse showing, that, and I just like showing my horses to the best of their ability, I think. The placings will always be what they are. Judged events, you can't control that. But I just always want to 
do the best I can for my horses and then have fun with my friends. So, Well, I mean, you know, the whole judging perspective, it's kind of like, it's weird because, you know, when you look at timed events, like, you know, yep. barrel racing or rodeo or whatever like that, there's not a lot of arguments. Like, okay, get it. But when you go to a judged event and you're literally being judged for whether it, whether they like you or not, when there's a lot more leadway, not like yep. raining or not anything like that, um, you can let it mess with your head, I guess, a little bit. Because I remember showing, I had this one dude, he hated me. I swear to God he did. <laughs> He he, I could have been the only person in the class, and he would place me second. Yeah, it. So you have to keep that all in perspective. I feel like. Yeah, you can't let it get. You can't let it get to you. You've got to, you know, just kind of plow through that and keep it on a fresh perspective and a fun totally. perspective. Because you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. No, totally. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. So are you, do you ride much in your, do you get to ride much now? Or? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I don't have a horse. Okay. But the last one I had being was, around the industry. Do what? Just staying busy and connected being around the industry. Yeah, that's it. I um I grew up showing, and um years ago, I just turned 40, and I kind of got out of showing and just did trail riding and stuff, and then um took a break. Uh, and then in 2019, I my mare that I raised, she was 30. We we buried her, and um, yeah. And that's how you named the company. Is that did I read that? She her name is based off of a combination of me and my sister's name. My name's Brianna. My sister's name's Marlena, who was oh, named I after Days of Our Lives. And so oh. it's <laughs> called Bmar. Yeah, it's called. I B-more. love that. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, so that that was a registered name, but we just called her little girl because she was like fourteen too. And anyways, I I raised her years ago. Um, I I don't have a desire to show. I like being a part of the industry. I like yep. horses and I love horses, but honestly, I have no desire to show. I have no desire to buy another horse because my heart was broke then. I'm good. Yeah, I might I might get into it later on in life, but no. Yeah, but then I had to say uh, no. I don't show. <laughs> Okay, well that that I respect that. Um, I think there's you know the time and place in everybody's life, um, and that's I think the beautiful thing about the animals is they can come and go, um, and and be different things for different different chapters and different seasons of life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, like you know you can't. I, I mean, once you're a horse person, you're just it, it's there, it's in you, it's, it's like a bite. You. Yep, it is for sure. You never forget how to how to ride it or do any of that type of stuff so but no no i just sit here i'm just a cheerleader to cheer you types of people on oh we love it we love it and i love my uh diamond k merchandise um oh yeah um it's one of my favorite things to travel in and i try and send pictures of kevin to kevin and mary beth whenever i'm somewhere new with it um i love them there's and that's kind of how you and I ended up being connected was because of that because they um they first spoke to Kevin last week actually we've got an episode with him. So oh I'm great, excited. I love that. Well, I look forward to hearing hear listening in on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that one. Um, I'll probably post that one next next week, I believe. So that was fun. So <laughs> I love it. He's a good time. Well. Yeah, well, I don't. Um, I'm pretty sure you have to go. You have things you have to do. But I really, truly, truly appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Um, My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, anytime. It was, 
Yeah, it was fun meeting you and talking to you. Um, and 